think you'll enjoy today's episode, Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights Hobby Hotline. Uh, a week or two ago, Val Mars, Jeremy Lee, and myself, we talked about the Gretzky auctions of the PSA 10 OPG as well as Tops. So thanks, sponsors. Tops been eating upper deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, as well as uh, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards. Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, Beckett Media, as well as ComC.com. So uh, enjoy this episode. And uh, for the whole conversation, you could go over to Hobby Hotline and uh, you ought to make it a weekly staple. For me, hockey's number one. Jim's nodding. He, he knows that. And these two Wayne Gretzky PSA 10s that sold late Thursday night. I know we're in a, a time right now where we're smashing records regularly, but to see the hockey cards sell for what they did, the OPG sold for, I think it was like 1.26 million. And then the tops copy sold for 720. And so that's a big deal. But one of the key little data points that I noticed going into the final day of the auctions was that you could go to Heritage and you could see how many people were tracking each auction. Like your eBay watch list, there's a Heritage tracking list. And the both of the Wayne Gretzky cards had more people following them than the Michael Jordan PMG Green did. This is probably the most important Michael Jordan card in the hobby. And it was trailing both Wayne Gretzky PSA 10 rookie cards in terms of how many people were tracking it. I thought that was really cool. And as a hockey guy and an ambassador for the hockey hobby, people always mention it's always baseball, football, basketball, baseball, football, basketball, maybe soccer now, maybe a little bit of soccer, but hockey is like the forgotten redheaded stepchild, it seems like in the hobby. And it's unfortunate because it's such an exciting sport, dynamic action on the ice, players with personalities, accessible players. And so I was just very proud of the hobby, I guess you could say, for <laughs> focusing and putting attention on these two hockey cards and the publicity that it will bring the hockey segment and in, in mainstream media. I think I saw someone say that the, the Opeechee copy that went for, for more was the sixth or seventh highest selling sports card of all time behind, of course, Honus Wagner, Mickey Mantle, the Mike Trout and the, the basketball cards that have sold. So that's big. You can see how excited I am about it. I'm curious to know what's all your perception on hockey cards. Does it change at all now? And a big thing we talked about was what does it mean for all the other hockey cards out there that are like other Hall of Famers, top tier Hall of Famers, modern players? And is it going to bring anyone new into the hockey segment? Uh, let me just comment on uh, the, the two Gretzkys because to me, the Opeachy in, in that condition is more than twice as rare and twice as valuable as the tops. Tops, a shorter set, easier to get out of a box. The OPG, much tougher in rough cuts. And how that gets a 10, I know we struggled with that in the early days of BGS, that the normal cut of an OPG card is hard to get the edges to a 9 or a 10 in the normal cut. The OPG, to me, that's where I'd spend the money. It's very pricey. In a hobby that's looking increasingly at ratios, I would say the OPG rookie should be more than twice as valuable. So, Jim, you raised some interesting points, and I did some stats. And so the general understanding has always been that the OPG copy is much scarcer than the Topps copy. Never mind condition, I'll come to that. But in terms of just the overall scarcity, OPG is tougher to find. And how do we know for sure? I, I think it's it's generally accepted that because Topps was distributed in the United States, which is such a larger population than Canada, that there was many more produced. And in Canada, of course, OPG was produced and uh, distributed only in Canada. So there's just a smaller population to service. But when you look at the population reports on both PSA and Beckett's website, it tells a different story, Jim. And this is what I think is interesting and insightful as well. PSA has graded a total of 6,688 copies of the Opeachy card, whereas they've graded 7,108 copies of the Topps card. So that's a difference of 450 only. 
which is just under a 10% difference. The perception is that, oh, the tops, are, it outnumbers the OPG five, six, seven, eight to one. But as far as what's been graded, it's extremely close. So that's the first thing. And, and, and Beckett's population, they've this is, it goes the other way, Jim. This is what this surprised me. Beckett has only graded only 3,860 copies of the OPG where they've graded 3,696 copies of the tops, which is fewer. So if you put the populations together, you come very close to being equal. And the high grade results, the rate of nines, 9.5s, 10s is very similar. We have a population of two PSA 10s on the OPG and two PSA 10s on the top. So the amount of both OPG and tops to achieve a nine or higher with PSA, it's very similar. because So you've got two PSA 10 OPGs and 89 nines. That's a 1.3% rate of getting a nine or higher for OPG. And for tops, you got two PSA 10s and 127 nines. That's a 1.8% chance of getting a, a nine or better in the tops. So they're actually very similar, Jim, which makes me now believe that the tops card is undervalued compared to the OPG because of what we, the hard fact. Now I understand population reports aren't accurate, but that's the best data we have, I think, to describe the population of the OPG versus the tops. Does that all make sense to you? Like, Well, you're trying to give empirical results and the data that you have is accurate. I think it's not the full story. I do know back in the day, if you go way back, there was a lot of controversy in the way our company, BGS, was grading those particular cards. And so I think that the really savvy submitters were trying to figure out where they should submit their Gretzky cards, TOPS or OPG, but especially OPG. So I I could see a difference between BGS and PSA just on that. But I, I really can't go down the angle of pop reports being strongly correlated always with the uh, original uh, production. My eyeballs tell me that there's a lot more ungraded. Hockey was the last sport to me, especially in the vintage area, to really move more aggressively into grading. And I think 7980, that's borderline vintage hockey. So I believe the tops were produced more than OPG that year. And I'm not saying five, six, seven, eight to one, but I think two to one. I think all those other years of hockey in the 80, uh, in the uh, late 70s, the tops are twice as plentiful. Why should I expect that 7980 would be different? So I, I think your story is right. I think it's just there's more to the story. I think you're right. I, I can't disagree because, first of all, I, I don't know the production numbers, and that's been my general understanding for 40 years. But the next step in the discussion to me is what actually matters because everybody in our hobby now, grading is king, and everybody looks at population reports more than they look at how many are out there and whatever is out there that isn't yet graded. This is an interesting thought experiment for me is how far along is the hobby to going completely graded? I don't mean every single card, commons and all that way in Gretzky Rookie. How many of them that are ever going to get graded are already graded? Because it's the population report that drives the values, not the total amount of copies that are out there, because that's empirical and it's available. It's public domain. So I wonder that with these sales and the attention now, how many more are going to come out of the woodwork, get submitted, graded, hit those population reports, and how much will that delta between the two grow to better represent the actual production numbers is, is I think, an important question, but one that we don't really have the answer to at this point. We may in four to five years. When I think of OPG, I think of the rough cuts and and it's harder to get a 10 out of a pack as opposed to the tops where their cutting was a little bit better or they had a process of manufacturing and cutting those sheets as opposed to OPG where they used wire to cut the sheets. And when those wires got dull, those 
cards started ripping and stuff. So, uh, well, I had on the show with me last night, Bobby Burrell, who's li literally written the book on vintage hockey. And he had a picture that I put up on my screen actually showing the OPG factory from 1971. And he's in touch with the old owners of the company and he's got great in information. And uh, we saw a picture of these people this lady in the OPG factory actually using the machine to cut the cards. And you could see just how it's not the highest quality picture, but you could still see just how archaic the process was back then compared to what I'm sure it is now. But the fact is they were cut with wires and the wires were not sharpened. And if they would, and they, the staff was incentivized to produce more cards to hit their bonus. And so they would put more sheets under the wire blade than maybe the wire blade could handle. It would cut through and it would rip the edge a little bit as it went through. So the thing about the hobby is the, that rough edge has become sort of something that people uh, want now. It, it's an attractive feature, and I believe that PSA doesn't penalize for it, right or wrong. I know it's a very polarizing approach, but you can find very high-grade cards with a really bad edge, and it's because that's how it was produced, which I'm on the fence on that one myself. I want a card that reflects the time and the history and the technology and what was happening. Yeah. Jeremy, two things. One is in a situation where... The rough cut aspect is counterfeit proof. I don't yeah, think you yeah. can counterfeit that. The challenge we had back 20 years ago in the beginning of the BGS was if we graded the rough cut version, which was the legit in the pack version, harshly, and then we get a submission of a clean cut, which was obviously cut from a sheet, then... There's that dilemma, and that will never please all the people all the time on that. So yeah, you got a perfectly you clean one. It had to come from a sheet, and there were some sheets of that available. We learned last night that around Christmas time, the Opichi factory, or on your birthday, you were allowed to take home a sheet of cards for yourself as a present from the company. So that's one of the reasons why there's uncut sheets out there. The term sheet cuts, I don't like that term so much because all cards are sheet cut at one time. So the way I think about it is, was it pack-pulled or was it not pack-pulled? Because if it was sheet-cut... To me, that means by somebody other than the manufacturer at a later date using different technology, most of them, using a different technology or a different process. As, as somewhat of a purist in the hobby, I want my cards to be pack-pulled. I have zero interest in a card that, that, that was cut out later on, years, decades later. I think that's how a lot of people feel. And we, do, you know, the hobby is aware that PSA will not grade a, a card that was not pack-pulled in terms of this 79A, the Gretzky, because I can't speak about everything, but I know that as far as the Gretzky, they only want to slab a card that was pack-pulled. It wasn't sheet-cut by different technology, whereas early on, Becca Grading Services, and this is from Jeremy Murray, the VP of Grading, mentioned on my show that they made that decision early that it's still a legitimate card to me. It was printed by Opeachy in the day. It was just cut later. So the card itself is authentic, but it doesn't have the history that I want in my collection, which is I want pack-pulled cards for whatever reason. I, I agree with you. One more nuance to that is when they're not pack-pulled, and all cards came from sheet, I grant you that. Of the cards that are cut from sheets, some are professionally cut and some are not professionally cut. So if you're talking about a pair of scissors, I think that's maybe authentic, but it's altered. But if it was professionally cut in the same manner that the original cards were cut, but nobody's going to go back to the wire. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very tricky. And that's one of the reasons I think the, the, the number of Gretzky rookies graded, there, there's a, a little bit of anomaly there. Yeah, I agree. As far as the edge goes, I won't speak to the corners, but the edges, I just disagree with the grading companies take the rough cut into consideration while grading. Of course, they see it because the card's right in front of them under magnification, 
but you can look at many PSA 8s, PSA 9, Opeachy, uh, Gretzky's, and they've got rough edges, and they're in 9 holders, and they're in 8 holders. I don't know that the rest of the card is that magnificent that it outweighs uh, a rough cut edge. As far as PSA goes, I don't think that they do from what I've seen. As far as Beckett goes, I've seen pretty rough cut 7s, 8s as well in, in Beckett holders that if that was a modern day card would be down at the 4 or 5 level, kind of what the hobby accepts. But I'm not saying it's right. These discussions have gone around and come around. And that's why there's several grading companies, because they can each do it the way they want to. And the marketplace can determine what they agree with. But Beckett grading has an advantage and a disadvantage at the same time with their report card. But most people would agree that centering is probably the number one thing. And then corners is probably the number two thing. And surface, to me, is, is probably number three thing. And edges are the fourth. And the way you determine whether edges are original or legit is more by sight and by feel. And if you had any kind of OPG card, and if it had three rough edges and one smooth one and happened to be perfectly centered, you'd figure that out pretty quickly. But BGS identifies that particular type of flaw that there's a problem with the edges. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. The card is in the PSA 10 holder, and that's what matters right now to all the new money coming into the hobby I asked Ken Golden straight out, does this new money care about the card or do they care about the holder and the grade? And he said they care about the grade. So it doesn't matter that it's not a 10. It's in the 10 holder and that's all that matters right now. And that's why the card gets the money. They want bragging rights and they can say with this Gretzky card, it's the best one or maybe tied for the best one that the PSA has seen out of the millions and millions of cards that PSA has graded. They put a 10 on it and that's end of story in the eyes of these people that are paying. And you compared it to the PMG Green Jordan. I don't even think that got a numerical grade. Yeah, no. It It was uh, altered, and I don't know what the alteration was, but that's an altered card that is so rare that people are excited to the tune of $900,000 in their collection and find another, find a better one that's for sale. Exactly. So Jim said earlier that it's one of or tied for one of the two nicest copies that PSA has seen. A lot of people are going to say this nine is nicer. Here's an eight that's nicer. Look at them, especially people who grade cards over the internet on Facebook images. They'll say this one's nicer than that one. And it might be the case because grading is human and it's not perfect. I'm, I'm not saying that the one that's in the holder is the nicest copy or that it deserves to be a 10 or that it doesn't deserve to be a 10. I'm not a professional grader. All I'm saying is that with that particular card, the big investors that are coming in now that are driving up some of these prices and even some that have been in for a while. There's a segment of the hobby that doesn't care about anything but the grade on the holder. And that's why I said it doesn't even matter that the card may not be a 10 if it were regraded today. I think speculation on who the buyer of this card is, interesting. And I think we'll find out. You got to think we're going to find out in due course who who bought one or both of these, uh, these rookies.